0: Hey, what's up friends? Welcome to the DIY Together podcast with Austin and Brett, where we're convinced that Christianity isn't as complicated as we've made it. Just like making the perfect steak, or changing your oil, or laying the backsplash in your kitchen isn't reserved for the paid professionals, neither is a vibrant relationship with Jesus, so we want to equip you
1: to do it yourself together. Well, hey, friends. Thanks so much for joining us today on the DIY Together podcast. This is Brett with my friend Austin. Austin, how are you doing today? Good, man. Just had Chipotle for lunch, so you can't really have a bad day after Chipotle. Mm, Love it. Uh, Well, today on the episode, we're diving into the topic of pursuing purity. And on the last episode, uh, we talked specifically about uh, pursuing purity in the area of pornography. Uh, you and our friend Kellen provided, I thought, just some amazing insights and and really helpful uh, framework uh, to to think about that, to to process that, to learn about it. Some really practical things to do it, it, as we as we move forward in it. Uh, today, we're going to look specifically at pursuing purity in our relationships. And so today, I'm really excited to hear. Uh, I know some of your content is is amazing. I know you got a lot of it. So we're gonna we're gonna move ahead. I'm excited to learn from you today, Austin. 15 minutes, we'll get it. It's going to be good. Um, But maybe the first question we can start with, Austin, is maybe you can demystify this concept of pursuing purity in relationships. How have we overcomplicated this or gotten this wrong?
0: Yep, yep. So I I think that one thing to consider is that all of us come into um, a relationship with a view of sex, and, and that usually is dictated by the environment that we grew up in. And so there's uh, my friends, the Richardsons taught us this years ago, and it was really impactful, but there's kind of four primary sexually, sexual environments that you can grow up in, and so number one is silent. This is, you know, again, this is not to bag on parents or anything like that, but it's just uh, an environment where it wasn't talked about, and so the problem with it is, because it can be awkward, I get it, but the problem with that is that if the parents are silent about sex, then you're going to be informed by your friends or right. uh, media or whatever it is, so that's the first option, silent. The second one is saturated. This is kind of uh, the environment I grew up in, and it was more of... Um, just like almost cheapening sex and making it very casual. And um, and so I, I feel like I didn't have mm-hmm. a very robust view of sex. It was kind of cheapened. Mm-hmm. The third option is a sinful environment where a lot of like, if you grew up in a Christian home, this is kind of the general uh, sense of it where it's like, oh, sex is really bad. And they kind of get the aspect that sex before marriage is, sinful which is good to know but they haven't got actually the beautiful aspect of what sex is so then you get in a marriage with this like i'm scared of sex Mm -hmm. sinful environment and then it's like then you're trying to flip your brain to go like oh and this is actually god glorifying and fun and whatever and then the last environment really the hopeful environment that my wife and i are trying to raise our kids in is to have a sacred view of sex um and to see, like, no, it's it, it's joyful, and it's fun, and it's God-glorifying, and it's connecting, and it's amazing, and I think that that's—so um, all of us, as we come into pursuing purity in a relationship, you're coming in with a previous understanding of sex, and right. it probably is dictated by your sexual environment. So you can kind of place yourself in there, and then it, what's hard about demystifying the general topic is that each one of those kind of need to be dis- demystified in their own sense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's really helpful. I remember uh, hearing that from, from the Richardsons and being like, wow, that is— such a helpful tool to diagnose like where am I at? What context did I grow up in? uh, In the silent actually. Uh, Makes sense. uh, Fun fact. Fun fact. I was just, and maybe there are people out there listening and this is the same exact situation as you, so I'm not making light of this, but I was just given like a pamphlet that explained what sex was by my parents.
0: Can we find that pamphlet? Uh, Put it on your social media. It was
1: weird. I'm going to be honest. It felt a little weird. Uh, But it was so silent. My parents actually just and nothing against them. I have amazing parents, but they just didn't feel yeah. confident, equipped enough, maybe to share that with me. And yeah, that that's that's what I grew up with, you yeah. know. And so it, you, we can come from any any type of background, but such a great, helpful way to diagnose uh, where we're coming from. So that's that's a great tool. Thanks, thanks, Austin. Um, let's move into now. So just some vision. What what has this uh, looked like maybe uh, in your life? What has God done in your life in this area? Maybe you can give us give us some thoughts on that. Yep. So I do
0: a ton of weddings uh, every year. It's a joy. I love it. I sit down with every couple and I lay out four things that I'm asking them to do in order for me to do their wedding. They're walking with Jesus. They're um, in church and in community. They're pursuing premarital counseling and lastly, they're pursuing purity. And I think immediately there's this weight, and like, literally, I don't think I've ever done a wedding for someone who hasn't struggled with uh, purity in their relationship. Um, but it can feel so intimidating and so weighty. And most people know like, hey, here's my request. Don't fail in purity. But then they're missing out on all the beautiful benefits of what pursuing purity is. So I'm just going to lay out four things I usually lay out for couples. That's great. Number one. You get to learn by pursuing purity in your dating and engagement relationship. You get to learn how to cultivate emotional and spiritual intimacy. I think that far too many relationships have relied on like the cheap, quick physical intimacy and like, oh, we're fighting or oh, we're mad. Like, let's just go have sex or whatever it is. Mm. And then it's just like that that doesn't really work in marriage because you have then you're talking about 10 years of marriage and all this stuff. And it's like if you're trying to solve your marital problems by not what you're actually emotional and spiritual Mm. by solving them physically, you're going to run and it's not going to be good. So in your dating and, re- and engagement, you actually force yourself to say, I'm going to lean into emotional intimacy, and I'm going to lean into spiritual so intimacy. True. The second benefit is just developing mutual trust for future opportunities. So my wife and I didn't bat a thousand by any means in our purity before marriage, um, but she saw me fight for it. And so when I'm hanging out when um, uh, in different environments, when I'm taking trips, Kristen's not afraid because... Uh, she trusts me because she saw me pursue purity and fight for that in our, right. um, in our dating and engagement relationships. So I think you just get to establish um, that. We're like, Oh, like you really are generally going to fight number three. And this is so significant. This is to the guys. Um, so many women are convinced and they're believing lies naturally because of culture that they are essentially the, the accumulation of whatever their body looks like or whatever their mm-hmm. body can do. And I think that, you know, you think of Hosea and Gilmer in the old Testament and, Gomer's just been a prostitute and Hosea comes and loves her scandalously. And and he's like, I don't, I don't want you to use you. I I want you to like heal. I want to heal you and and like love you and care for you. Mm. And so I think it's so beautiful for women to be healed from their cultural upbringing to see that um, this man actually like loves you for just you and not Mm. just your body. I think it's so significant. Mm. And then the fourth benefit of pursuing purity is learning to choose the spirit over the flesh. So here's Mm. what I tell people all the time. If you're struggling with purity, in your dating relationship, it's actually not even a purity problem. It's a spirit versus flesh problem. And so it's like, it just yeah. doesn't get, whatever the root of that is, the root of it essentially is that you're choosing your flesh and gratifying that, not the spirit and what Jesus wants you to do. Right. And so, yeah, you get married and yeah, you can have sex whenever you want, but at the same time, that's going to show up in different ways and it'll show up in other ways than purity in your relationship. Does that make sense? So those are four benefits.
1: That's that's amazing. Okay, just, just to recap, because this was great content. Okay, Cultivating emotional and spiritual intimacy. It's one, two, mutual trust for future, future for the future. It's amazing. Three, smashing lies uh, about maybe what we believe about our bodies. Mm-hmm. So good. And then four, just um, learning to choose to walk by the spirit, to gratify the spirit rather than the flesh. That's so good. So. Yeah, amazing, amazing, amazing. Okay, Uh, now what are some things, Austin, we can do or ways of thinking about this specifically that uh, can help us moving forward?
0: Yeah, so again, working in fours for some reason today, but uh, four steps to pursuing purity. So here's just being really, really practical. Here's what Kristen and I did, honestly. Um, number one, and this is probably over. I, I get that people probably understand that, but boundaries, 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 boundaries. First um, Corinthians six eighteen says to flee sexual immorality. And um, so that language flee isn't, doesn't say, but I think what we normally, how we normally interpret that verse is let's flirt with sexual immorality. Like let's not do it, but let's like get kind of close. And he's like, no, flee means you're actually running, not flirt. Yeah. You're running away. Um, And the other verse too, to talk about boundaries is Romans 13, 14. I mentioned this on the last episode on pornography, but it's saying, don't make any opportunity for the flesh basically. And so I think like for boundaries, just re- like, and it can seem restrictive to your freedom, but I'm telling you, it actually frees you up so much. And so mm-hmm. a couple instances for Kristen and I, we were like, we cannot be in a room with clo- behind closed doors. Mm. Um, and it was, and it, this is just, it was really significant. The other one, a uh, couple were not staying out too late. So we, f- we felt like there yeah. was a natural connection between the later we were together, the less we had a will to fight. And so that was, there was a connection between how late it was and our, our um, failing in it. Two or three, Kristen and I never struggled with this particularly, but it's such a struggle. But no, like no sleeping in the same bed together. And so Hebrews 13 forces keep the marriage bed pure. Of course, it's talking about sex, but I think there's also a beautiful benefit. Like on my honeymoon, one of the best parts of it was waking up next to Kristen and mm-hmm. even going to bed next to her. And so I think a lot of couples are like, we're pursuing purity, we're not doing whatever, but we're sleeping in the same bed. I'm going. I think it's still compromising God's yeah, heart. That's great. And the fourth one that's really prominent is I'm um, like pleading with people: don't take trips alone together. Just the two of you to a certain place. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're with family. Maybe it works well or something like that. But I think especially it can just be really hard to take uh, longer trips together, and that can go in. So that's good. Number one boundaries. Number two is accountability. Um, you have friends, so we, I would text my friends before I hung out with Kristen, and they would pray for me, mm-hmm. and then they would check in after on my way home. So again, the the curfew kind of thing, right. and. They were great. I think there's a difference between spiritual partners and spiritual police. Uh, spiritual police can be like just checking in, whatever. I like um, but I think spiritual partners are people that actually care and are fighting it with you and are going, I- I'm in this with you as well. So look for spiritual partners to have accountability with. Uh, three, spend your time together on spiritual things. This is massive for Kristen and I. So we would always read books together like shoulder to shoulder, we'd have a book open and we'd read a chapter and she'd read a couple pages and I'd read a couple pages. But the kind of idea is if you, if you Netflix, if that's all you do, of course you're going to want to chill, right? Like, but mm-hmm. if you're reading a gospel book, you're probably going to want to talk about gospel stuff. And so Kristen and I made it a rhythm mm-hmm. when we'd hang out to actually open a book about Jesus and read it. And we'd alternate books. We'd go like a Jesus book and then like a marriage book. And then the fourth thing I'd say that's for uh, a step to purity is get good at preaching the gospel to you to each other Mm. after falling in sin. This is one of the best things that Kristen and I learned was like how to actually preach the gospel in a beautiful, scandalous way to each Mm -hmm. other after we've fallen. And so like, and you're going to need to know that in marriage of how to preach the gospel and point each other's eyes up to Jesus. So that was, those are the four things to pursue purity.
1: I love them. I love them. I, I remember actually, Austin, something that you said to me when I was dating engaged to, to my wife, Mercedes. You said the seeds of obedience you sow in dating and in engagement, you will reap a harvest in marriage. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, it's like the most true thing. One of the most true things I've ever, like pieces of advice, one of the best pieces of advice I ever got in, in dating and relationships. So, so clear. Um, if you do these these four things you laid out, trying to walk in obedience in them. You will reap a harvest. Yep. Like you can bank on it. Uh, The four things you kind of laid out, boundaries. Uh, I loved you. You said a line, flee, don't flirt. Mm -hmm. So good. Uh, Two, accountability. You said look for partners, not police. I love that too. Mm -hmm. Three, spend your time together on spiritual things rather than just like Netflix and chill. Right, mm-hmm. not not necessarily beneficial. And then four, get good at preaching the gospel to each other. That's so good. I love those Cabing things too. I yeah. love
0: Netflix. I'm not. I'm not. I'm oh, not all day, But if that's all you're doing, or that's the whole agenda for the night, yeah. you're probably gonna fail.
1: I mean, if you are let's think about Disney Plus probably instead of Netflix, right? Yeah, Disney Plus. Anyway, uh, finally, Austin, what's uh? Why don't you uh, end us off? What's at least one practical takeaway that we can do right now? In this area, pursuing purity in relationships.
0: Yeah, man. I, I mean, the biggest one is just around conversation and accountability. The, the, the compel call to action is establish clear boundaries and accountability. So, for my single friends, uh, this is don't wait to think about purity in relationship. Um, until you're dating because what happens Mm. is once you're dating your judgment's probably going to be clouded by the person or whatever and so it's like this is a conviction you need to land on now and I'd say to my dating or engaged friends out there um, number one if you've if you've failed in pursuing purity uh, I love the story of John 8 with a woman who uh, was caught in adultery and Jesus goes I don't condemn you um, and so it's beautiful. So I just want you to know, if you're dating and you're engaged and you're failing in pursuing or pursuing purity, there's infinite grace. There's a waterfall of grace that Jesus is pouring on you. So feel that, experience that, enjoy his grace. Uh, and at the same time, Jesus ends John eight eleven, saying, I don't condemn you, but he ends in saying, Don't, but don't sin anymore. And it's not like a, but if you sin anymore, there's not going to be any grace. Again, it's infinite. But I'm just, I'm begging you for dating engaged couples that have failed in pursuing purity. Don't throw the towel in. Like, don't just submit to the fact that you've gone so too far. And so, what's the point of it? Like, I have amazing stories. I have dozens of stories of couples who have gone too far, have had sex, whatever, and they have like seen that, been convicted, and rerouted their relationship. And the last six months of their engagement, it was beautiful. So my call is like. There's infinite grace, but also use that grace to compel you into transformation. I promise, I promise, I promise it's worth it. It's never
1: too late. No, it's It's not. It's never too late. That's such great, great encouragement, Austin. Thank you. Well, friends, um, so great to be with you today, learning about this topic, pursuing purity in relationships. Thanks for joining us on the Do It Yourself Together podcast, where we're convinced that pursuing purity isn't as complicated as we've made it out to be.